This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at Interlagos' Formula One race in Brazil and also get set for V8 supercars down in Tassie. I hope you'll stay with us. Bondi Beach locals were treated to a rare sight last week as V8 supercars prepare for the Sydney Telstra 500 on December 3rd through the 10th. Drivers James Courtney, Irwin Racing's Alex Davison and Jonathan Webber, the Mother Energy Drink Racing team, came to Sydney in true V8 supercar rock and race style on the back of jet skis and to the riffs of Guns N' Roses who will be performing at the event. Jonathan Webb explained why Sydney is such an important race for a young driver making his way in the main game. Generally the focus sticks on those boys, particularly at the moment when they're battling the championship the way they are. It's, it's hands and tongue up the front there, but you know, we're all there still having a go and, and particularly myself in my rookie year, it's, it's my time to shine and, and try and make something of it. For James Courtney, he is the leader in the championship and expects the championships will still be tight heading into Sydney. You now we're fighting all year to get to this point and still be in the championship hunt um, and being the leader of the championship. I think uh, it's a massive achievement for us as a team and uh, you know, we're really looking forward to the last three rounds. Courtney's keen to win again on the streets of Sydney. Really want to finish the year with a win. Uh, and to win the championship and win the race, it would be, uh, be amazing. So, uh, you yeah, know, that's what we're going for. Alex Davison still thinks Sydney is a tough race. Especially the, the you know, the track at Sydney being so demanding physically and mentally. Uh, they're not easy races to do physically, you know. Uh, you know you've done a long race and you really need to get all your cooling stuff working. Last year I had the cool suit fail uh, on both races and I was stinging at the end of the race big time. So we've got all that working now and um, looking forward to getting here in a month's time and hitting the track. While on V8 supercars, and they have been awarded FIA international category status. The decision comes shortly after the new 2011 calendar was released for the series, which sees a number of changes from the 2010 calendar with Bahrain off the circuit, so only one event in the Middle East to start the year at the Asmarina circuit in Abu Dhabi. Clipsal is the first Australian race in March, then it's off to the Grand Prix for a new look event. Then in April, the series heads across the ditch to Hamilton. They go back across the countryside to Perth, seeing its return to the schedule at Barbagello in May. Later on in May, they head off to Winton. Then it's up in June to Darwin for the Sky City Triple Crown. July is the Sucrogen, Townsville 400. Then a break of only six weeks until they head back to Queensland Raceway, a circuit that they thought might be missing the cut if the Singapore event had gotten up. Queensland Raceway will be followed then a month later by the LNH 500 at Phillip Island. October sees the super cheap Auto Bathurst 1000 return, with the success on the Gold Coast being continued in late October for the Armour All 600. Down to Tassie in November for the Falcon Tasman Challenge. Then it's off to Sandown for the Norton 360. And then the series in early December wrapping up. Event 14 will be the Sydney Telstra 
500. After the Amaral 600, there was plenty of talk about officiating once again on the V8 supercar circuit. I had a chance to speak to the chief steward of V8 supercars, Stephen Chopping, about some of the decisions that were made over the course of the weekend. I started by asking Stephen about the James Courtney incident when he was making his restart. The requirement, the rules require, irrespective of whether the race director says or not on the uh, race management radio, the rules require that once the safety car lights are off and the safety car accelerates away from the field, the leader becomes the effective safety car and is to maintain speed. That speed is to be maintained until the green flag is the green flags are displayed all around the circuit. The green flag is displayed when the safety car pulls into um, the uh, pit entry road. Then there's an announcement over race management channel which goes out to the teams and the uh, flag marshals display green flag all around the circuit. From there, the leader, up until the time that it crosses the control line, is free to either accelerate or to maintain that speed. He has the choice about when to accelerate, but most definitely the rules require that nobody slow down. In James' situation, uh, what was shown was that on approximately five occasions, there were increases in speed to about 100 and slowing to about 50 kilometres an hour, done five times in rapid succession, whereas the speed that he should have maintained was 80 kilometres an hour. So with that one out the way, then there was the talk of the damage on the Garth Tander Cameron McConville car. What happened was that there were reports from around the circuit by flag marshals and it was apparent from uh, the uh, numerous television monitors available in race control that there was a reported fuel leak from the uh, filler of the car. The mechanical black flag is uh, under the control of the race director, not the stewards. It's a safety flag, not a penalty flag. The race director, with the information that he had from around the track, and from V8 supercar staff and from the television monitors announced that there was a mechanical black flag for petrol leakage, fuel leakage from um, car two. When that message went out over race management, the television paid more close attention to the um, area of the fuel leak. There were some close-ups of uh, the leak. It was apparent that that leak came not from the fuel filler but from the uh, passenger's rear window of, the, um, of car two. Greg Crick, who will be Thomas Mazera's replacement as a uh, driving standards observer at Simmons Plains, said that's the driver's water bottle. It was then apparent that the flag had been issued for a fuel leakage. Uh, it was water. It did, was perceived not to present a danger. The race director then uh, directed that the mechanical black flag be withdrawn. The car did have damage occasion to the front when it hit a, um, uh, an apex tyre in the back chicane. The headlight came out. The front bar was in a damaged condition. The condition of the car was monitored from race control by um, use of the various monitors, plus the uh, V8 supercar staff in pit lane and all the flag marshals around the track. All that information indicated that while there was damage to uh, car two, it didn't appear to require a mechanical black flag. None was issued, and in fact there was no further damage or um, loose bodywork apparent on car two for the rest of the race. But that's a judgment call. That's a judgment call made by the race director and it's made on the best possible information which includes flag marshals reports, V8 supercar staff reports from pit lane and uh, also from the um, viewing of the numerous monitors that are available in race control. So do the penalties always fit the crime in V8 supercars? So the penalty fits the crime? 
Yes and no. The penalty that was imposed is the penalty that is provided to us by V8 Supercars after consideration of its rules. Its rules are, can, are approved by the FIA and uh, provided with those rules is a recommended set of minimum penalties. The minimum penalty provided uh, for safety car uh, restart breaches is a drive-through. We didn't impose any penalty more than the minimum that was required of us by the rules. There are good arguments that it didn't fit the crime. There are other arguments that uh, there are safety issues involved and it avoids the concertina of the field. Whatever the situation is, we applied the penalty that we were required to in the circumstances. We did nothing other than uh, enforce the rules that um, we were there to uh, ensure were enforced fairly. Unfortunately, um, the messengers get shot in this situation rather than uh, any querying of the message. The V8 Supercar Series heads to Tasmania this weekend for their latest round. James Courtney is the points leader. In Formula One, their penultimate round was held in Interlagos. Once again, security concerns became to the fore when the car Jensen Button was driving was attacked by armed assailants. He was all right and racing was able to continue on Sunday with a 1-2 finish for Red Bull wrapping up the Manufacturers' Championship. I am absolutely stoked for the guys and girls. Uh, you know, I've known uh, a lot of them at Milton Keynes uh, for a long time and uh, for them to be uh, part of this amazing effort over so many years to come through and, uh, and get... get uh, the Constructors World Championship uh, is a phenomenal effort for them. Also, uh, everyone, um, of course, uh, the start of the program, Dietrich Mateschitz and uh, everyone uh, who has put uh, put everything into uh, getting us up and racing against Ferrari and McLaren. At the end of the day, um, we've beaten them fair and square. Uh, the rest can say what they want, but um, we have the Constructors at the moment, and uh, it's a very, very, very good achievement for the team. Sebastian Vertel, the man on the top step, and Mark Webber now sitting just eight points back in second position in the championship to Fernando Alonso, who kept his points tally healthy, finishing in third. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.